today on It's Time. As we find here, this church that had a name that lived, but it was dead, he says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. Calling, it's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time. The Daily Bible Teaching Program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, he's going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. So turn there in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. But he goes on and he says this. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and beguile my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. And you say, well, what's that? Well, interestingly enough, it says you allow this woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. She's not, if you like to underline things in your Bible, underline this who calls herself a prophetess. It doesn't say she was. It says that's what she called herself. Now, Jezebel, the very name implies a very wicked queen who knew the things of God but perverted them with Ahab, her husband, as that king and queen over Samaria. Now, again, when we say a name like like, uh, Stalin or Mao Zedong, Immediately, we know that these were bad people. It is interesting, there's a book called Between Two Babylons. It was written years ago, and it talked about the the Catholic Church, how it, 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 it invoked itself, and how they introduced the Queen of Heaven. And sometimes you'll see this in Catholic drawings and things. You'll see a, a woman, crown on her head, stars around her, Well, this is the queen of heaven. Now, we automatically want to say, oh, that's Mary. But no, that's not. In fact, nowhere in the Bible does it ever say that we are to elevate Mary beyond just a person who was blessed by God to bear Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. It doesn't talk about the perpetual virginity of Mary. In fact, just the opposite. It says that Mary had many other children. Mary had a sister as well. And so these are what the Bible says. And so when they come up with this stuff, they are changing what God's word says. Now, Jesus said this. He said, we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God in the book of Luke. And the reason why it says that, that is the standard of which we judge everything by. Now, when somebody comes along, no matter who it is, the cults are filled with these people that change what the word of God says from the absolute to the gray. And this is one of the great problems that we always must be aware of. It says, I have a few things against you. You allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and beguile my servants, to commit sexual immorality, to eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. By the way, I think we all know that the Catholic Church is just littered with this, forbidding their priests to marry. By the way, they claim that Peter was the first priest. The Bible clearly says that Peter was married. 
Now, you would think that that would be carried over, but they banned their priests from marrying, nuns from marrying, and so you have all these other problems that are the direct result, I believe, of that. It says, I gave her time to repent, and she did not repent. I'll cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her unto the great tribulation. Now, this is the first time we find a church being mentioned that will be in existence up to the tribulation period. And I think that's really important as we read along here because this is going to be in existence. Now, by the way, I want to make something very clear. I don't attack churches. I simply read it, and this is what it says. If anybody's listened to me on To Every Man and Answer, I don't placate to the crowd. I don't try to say things to have a, you know, a big church of nickels and noses. You got to tell people the truth. And the thing is, is that when we also have erred, I'll say we have erred. When I have erred, I, yes, I have erred. But the thing is, when we teach people to do things contrary to the Bible and interject something else between you and God, the Bible says is only Jesus Christ, there's an issue. Because it's always going to have its long-term effect in your life. Now he says, I'll cast her into a sickbed. Now this word sickbed is interesting because the word bed also can mean banqueting couch in the Greek. So maybe in these big banquets that they were having, mixing everything together, I don't know. But I know this, you cannot have a love for the world and a love for God, try to mix them and have anything good in your life. It never is going to work. So he says, But I say to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, and those who have not known the depths of Satan, as they call them, I will put you to no other burden. Really quick, I want you to know, I've met Catholics that I believe are as saved as anybody I've ever met. They put Mary in their proper place. They don't exactly follow the true doctrines of the Roman Catholic Church, but they do love Jesus, and I have, great, and have had great fellowship with them. And the same I can say for people who go to Protestant churches, or even maybe even this church, that they can be so far off in left field, I don't even know if they were ever saved. So it isn't the building we go to, friends, It's your relationship, your personal relationship with God, not your relationship with the church. Always remember that. Again, the church is trying to get in between you and God. It comes in various forms. Never let anything get between you and Jesus Christ. Nothing. And always remember, keep Jesus between you and everything else. It's interesting, the book of Jude, when the Bible says when Michael was contending with Moses over evidently the burial of Moses. And somebody asked, why is that? Well, maybe if Moses' body was still around, they'd still be worshiping it or something. Don't know. But it said, Michael, the mightiest of angels, did not bring railing accusation against Satan. He said, the Lord rebuke you. Always remember, keep the Lord between you and any enemy. That's always going to be good for you. I don't really know what the story is. But God does. And so keeping Jesus between you and the enemy is always going to be beneficial for your well-being. That's the way it always works. And so he says, Behold, hold fast what you have till I come. Oh, isn't that interesting? Here Jesus is saying, till I come. 
Now he says, if you don't, you're going to go into the tribulation, great tribulation. And he who overcomes, verse 26, and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. Oh, keep my works. Oh, it's a works trip. Nope. Again, they came to Jesus. What are the works that we must do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, believe that the Father has sent me. Wow. It's by faith we are saved. He shall rule over them with a rod of iron as a potter's vessel shall be broken into pieces as I have received them from my Father. And I will give to them the morning star and he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now we come into the next. We come into Protestantism that's dead. By the way, if you go many places in the United States and Europe, you'll find Protestantism's pretty dead. You know, we had a, a thing down here at Shoshone Falls Park uh, at Easter. An Easter sunrise service. Sounds very Christian, doesn't it? Except it was all about Earth Day the very next day and yoga classes following. It had nothing to do with Jesus. You think Protestantism is dead in America? Do you know many of these big denominational churches that are pretty much sitting empty around the country and all throughout Europe that are becoming mosques almost by the month? They were once on fire evangelizing, doing all kinds of things, but their love gone cold. It says here, to the church Sardis write. The word Sardis means to escape. And I would put this in the chronicle timeline of probably about 1500, 1600 A.D. These things, says he, who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Now again, we talked about the seven spirits of God there in Isaiah 11. The spirit of might, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of power, all these different things. It's just attributes to the Holy Spirit, you might say. Who are alive? He said, I know your works. You have a name that lives, but you are dead. Wow. He comes right out of the box at these guys. They didn't even have really anything good going for them. He said, you have a name that lives, but you're dead. How many, so to speak, Christian churches today don't even teach the Bible anymore? They do national surveys, Gallup and these others. They do, where ministers don't even believe that Jesus was even a real person. He, he was a phantom. He was, a, a, he was just a great figure of what we need to believe in. If there was a real God out there somewhere, this is what he would be like. Many churches, and most of the churches in America don't even teach the Bible anymore. Well, that's a big old-fashioned book. We're going to be teaching self-help and motivational teaching. That's what we're going to get into. You can be great. You can't lose with the stuff I use. And this is what's being taught in place of God's Word. You wonder why Christians are powerless? Do you, know, do you realize that, that the power that we have as Christians comes from God, not from ourselves? In fact, I think, God, I think God does that just to blow our heads away. You know, the Philistines spent a lot of money, a lot of money and a lot of time with Delilah to find the secret of Samson's strength. You all know the story, I think, don't you? By the way, Here's a real one you can get into if you want a good 
tool in dad's tackle box? You ask somebody, who cut Samson's hair? 99% of the people will say Delilah did. But Delilah did not cut Samson's hair. When he had told her his secret, he fell asleep on her lap and she summoned four people that were waiting in the room with sheep shears. And away went his power. Now, something interesting. If Samson worked out at Gold's Gym every day and he had big, bulky... you got to really use your imagination on this one. Big, bulky muscles, okay? Does a jumping jack and his head pops like a grape. He, this guy was... Oh, the secret of his strength is he works out, man. Look at that guy. Wow, he's Charlie Atlas. He's uh, Arnold. He's somebody. But it was probably somebody skinny, scrawny like me. I don't know. And they couldn't figure out the source of his strength. It wasn't something that was easily to be identified. And so when he revealed it was, he was a Nazarite and he was never to cut his hair. And when his hair was cut, he lost his strength and he was captured. He was blinded and around and around and around. He would grind grain as a mockery. But you know something? Samson's hair began to grow. And we remember the ultimate outcome, and he's listed as a champion of faith in the book of Hebrews. Now, the point is, is this. The anointing of God in your life comes from him. It isn't anything we do other than trust him, and we give him our honor. As we find here, this church that had a name that lives, but it was dead, he says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. For they are ready to die. By the way, if you ever see yourself ebbing away from God, remember the way it was and go back to him. One of the greatest things you have is God's faithfulness in the past to remind you of God's faithfulness in the future. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, which are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect or complete before God. Remember, again, Remember God's faithfulness. Therefore, how you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come to you as a thief and you will not know the hour I will come upon you. Again, this is not speaking of the second coming of Christ. He says, I'm coming upon you as a thief. By the way, what do thieves take? Anybody know? Do they break in your house and steal your garbage? Wish they would. They take what's valuable. Jesus said, I am coming as a thief. Here again, he tells his church, I am coming as a thief. What is God's value system? It is you. It is not gold, silver, your car in the parking lot. What's valuable to God is you. And that's what he's coming for. And he's saying, look, if you don't clean up your act, you're not going to make it. He says, I have not found your works perfect. He says, I'm coming as a thief, and you will not know the hour which I come upon you. You have a few names left in Sardis that have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, which is, by the way, what we're going to be wearing in heaven for all you Gucci people out here. What am I going to wear in heaven? Well, I don't know. I think I'm going to get my favorite pair of Levi's. No, you're going to get a white garment. 
And I, I, I love it. The Bible says without spot or wrinkle. <laughs> you say, why is that important? I have found there's two things that will mess up your garment. Spots are sloppy eating habits. You ever eat spaghetti? Recommend you wear a bib. Wrinkles are caused by setting on your garments. You're going to get a, a garment without spot or wrinkle. He says here, you're going to get that white robe because you're worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white raiment or garments, I will, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Notice it says, I won't blot his name out of the book of life. Friends, he said that to churches, which are Christians, and I take that very, very serious. Now, I know there's people around that say, hey, once accepting Christ, you can go out and live like hell, and you're still going to heaven. Don't believe that. Yeah, but Mike, you don't understand. These people are some of the top ministers in America. Their books are everywhere. I don't care. They don't read the book. And if they don't read the book, they're doing it for some other reason. Jesus said, I will, well, they come along and they say, well, everybody's name is in the book of life. And then you just get it blotted out. Really? Is that what the Bible teaches? Well, you have a pen and pencil, better write this down. Revelation 13, 8. Revelation 17, 8. And those whose names are not written in the book of life. Not everybody's name is in the book of life. When do you get your name written in the book of life? When you accept Christ as your Savior. What a great thing. That you pass from death into life. You accept Christ. He writes your name in your book of life. There's only one thing that we ever do. We abide. Can you abide in Christ today? That's all it is. It's not works. It's just where I go, Daddy. And you know what? As a kid, my kids do some really goofy things, but I'm still their dad. And as long as they come to me and say, Daddy, I will do whatever I can do to fix them and fix whatever it is they destroyed. I don't know what it is with kids. I think they look at something and say, hey, this will break. It's like, it's like they want to do that. Well, that's kind of the way we are. We, we go, hey, hey, I can break this. God says, well, I can fix it, but you've got to come to me to fix it. Remember, read the book. That's what I tell people. Don't listen to men, me or anybody else. Read your book. That's how God's going to judge the world someday. And when it says, he overcomes, shall be clothed in white raiment, garment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before the, his angels. Hey, amen, brother. That's what the Bible says. I leave it there. It's not works that we're saved by. It's abiding in him. There's a big difference. Do you know abiding is like riding in a car? Jesus is driving. I ever seen that bumper sticker, Jesus is my co-pilot? I pray not. You better be letting him take the wheel, okay? I'm sitting in the back seat. Lord, you're, I'm just abiding. I'm in the car. I'm abiding. Is it works? To just sit there in the car? I hope not. I'm just sitting in the car. He's driving. Now, it isn't like God's saying, well, now, if you really are part of, you'll get out there and hold up one side of the car because the tire blew out. That's works, friends. But all God's called you and me to do is abide. Hey, that's neat. That's faith. That's what God does. And when I find myself not abiding, 
I repent. Notice he says here. He says, he overcomes. Are you an overcomer today? I pray you are. I pray God's given you that overcoming heart where you go, yeah, I'm going to do this. You know, I can't do it myself, God. You help me. And the Bible says that he will. We're going to get to um, the last two churches next week. And these last two churches, I think, are extremely important because they're reflective of primarily the churches today. I believe these churches are in existence. I believe it's the age of the church. Again, we've seen the Protestant denominations fail and and lose their love, lose their faith. Uh, They're not even effective anymore. They don't even teach the Bible anymore. But then we come to the Church of Philadelphia, the beloved church, church of brotherly love. And the Bible says you have a little strength. Didn't say you're a mega church. It just said you have a little strength. But what God does with a little will make big differences in eternity. The last church we'll talk about next week as well, the church of Laodicea, the church of lukewarmness. Jesus said, you're neither hot nor cold. I'll spew you out of my mouth. You know, I like iced tea and I like hot tea. I like iced coffee and I like cold coffee or hot coffee. But you know, if you ever take a gulp of lukewarm tea or lukewarm coffee, oh, it's awful. It doesn't do nothing. It doesn't quench your thirst. It doesn't do anything. You just want to... Well, that's what Jesus said. You're either for me or you're against me. You're either hot or cold. Lord, make us hot for you. We're going to talk about that and what we need to watch for. And then chapter 4, this is, I'm, I'm just doing a light review for what we're going to get into. Let's look at this before we close. I want to leave you with something ultra, incredibly positive. After these things, this word in the Greek is metatalta, and it means exactly following what you just read in the Greek, the age of the church. I looked and behold, a door was standing open in heaven. And the voice of which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying, come up here and I'll show you what must be after these things. Wow. What's going to be after the age of the church, friends? There's always those group of people around saying, you Christians, you're always missing out on everything. Yep, I'm so glad. Because what happens after Revelation chapter 5, where we find the saints gathered in heaven, and we come back down to this earth in chapter 6, and we find the rise of the power of the Antichrist, you're going to be so glad you miss out. The Bible says work for the, day is, for the night is coming, which no one can work. I just want to encourage every one of you, be about your daddy's business. He loves you. There's a reason why he saved you, to be part of his kingdom. You've got a divine commission by God that he's never given to anyone else. You're the guy. You're the girl. So be about your daddy's business and let him bless you and let him restore you. If you're not a Christian here today, it's interesting. The Bible says to repent. Something else interesting, if you are a Christian, the Bible says to repent. Wow. I'm not used to hearing that. I thought that was just something you did when you were, you know, a messed up person. No, the Bible says we all need to repent. We all need to recommit ourselves to Christ and be about our daddy's business.
This morning, I pray that is what God does with every one of us. Every one of us in this room, everyone listening. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, as we close this book. And Father, for those that need you this morning and those that are Christians in this room that know and they think about how they have fallen from where you once had them, Father, that they would be stirred in their heart to come back to you and God, you would just pour your bucket of golden love on them and accept them. And Lord, let them know that you're going to continue the work that you started in their life. And so we ask you now that your Holy Spirit would come now in a special way and touch every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.